0: Welcome back everyone, here's Mia on Zen koans. An example of a Zen koan is, what is the sound of one hand clapping? I think the sound of one hand clapping means, beware the pride of thinking your method is the only method. Beware declaring that Christianity is the only way to heaven or that Buddhism is the only path to enlightenment. Beware the thought that voting blue is the only way or voting red is the only way, and never elevate a religion or ideology or historical figure onto a pedestal, because the teachers have made clear that in fact they aren't teachers at all. They're only the spigots through which truth pours in and blesses the world. They are no higher and no better than any other person, and they would have been eager to declare that, and many of them did. Any one of us could be the next seeker to access transcendence and improve the world like any of the other notable seekers throughout time.
1: I don't mean to be so idyllic about the East, but they do a few things that just, they strike me with, with such novelty coming from my dogmatic Western background. They do these Zen koans, right? where. They're meant to be meditations, right? Like, everybody knows at least one. Everybody's heard this one, at least. That, um... What is the sound of one hand clapping? And you think what that means. It could mean so many things. And that's the beautiful thing about a koan, is that I love that they don't rush to fill in what the answer is. That's what we do over here. Everything's got a textbook answer. I remember in my fundamentalist background, it's so condescending because they'll ask you some deep, existential question, one that will obviously elicit a different response from every different person, but it's not meant to. Like there's an answer in the back of the book or right there inside of the paragraph. There's so dogmatic about it. Oh, this is the answer to, is there a God? Oh, this is the answer to um, the Godhead and each church has its own stance on what that means and some churches it's like transubstantiation that when you're eating the blood of you know drinking the blood of Christ and eating his flesh that that it physically transmutes into in I guess in your mouth or in your body into the actual literal flesh of Christ and blood of Christ I mean it's just they've got an answer for everything and it's usually a zany answer to begin with. But that's not even what turns me off. It doesn't even matter if in the West we had the best answers in the world. The method is wrong. When you're telling somebody what to think, that's wrong. That's the beauty of a Zen Koan because it's not meant to elicit. It's kind of rhetorical. It's like, chew on that. Chew on it for two minutes, for two months, for two years. Just chew on it you can produce a response you can produce 200 responses it's just meant to be generative and I love that about these koans there's this one koan and they say if you encounter the Buddha on the street be sure to kill him kill the Buddha funny right that's a funny to to our Western minds because Apparently we can't wrap our brains around a metaphor. Obviously it can mean something different to everyone or it can mean nothing at all. It can just be a source of meditation for you. Kill the Buddha to me means get rid of the dogmatism. Get rid of, so here's the Buddha who was one of the greatest teachers who's ever lived. And instead of codifying his teachings and encapsulating them within Rigid articles of faith that are inviolable, that persist throughout all time, instead of getting all crazy about it like like we would do in the West, we find something beautiful and we desecrate it by cramming it down each other's throats. You know, kill the Buddha means the Buddha vectored in through his spiritual gifts. All he poured forth, all of this win, uh, wisdom, right? These these teachers, these gurus, they kind of open a window to heaven. And, and things just pour through. But it's not that they are really even the teachers. It's that they're, they're capable of channeling that. They're capable of opening that window. It's the light that comes through doesn't come from the Buddha. It's just he happens to have that gift that he can pierce through the curtain that separates this world from the next so that people can see through. They can peek through. He vectored in all of these teachings, right? He didn't produce them. He just channeled them and they don't even belong to the buddha that's what i hear when i hear kill the buddha it's like remove him from the picture what he brought through he brought through and that's beautiful and that's great and that's for it's a gift for all humanity but take the buddha wad him up himself as a person and throw him away look what we've done and by the way he would want us to do that he would want that's very very buddhist Actually, to do that, like Buddha would be so proud if we would manage to kill the Buddha by taking his teachings, and conveniently excising him with an exacto knife from the entire equation in removing him, because he wouldn't want to be worshipped. He wouldn't want there to be this centrality, this focus on him. That's the wrong. That's not the message. The message is that the heavens will pour out their beauty upon all humanity and it's a gift to all and it's free for all and it comes from heaven it comes from source it doesn't come from the buddha it doesn't come from christ it doesn't come from krishna and these the irony is these people actually knew that krishna would want you to get him out of the way wad up the krishna throw him away too wad up the buddha throw him away wad up the christ throw him away because it's the teachings that we should be focusing on It's the methods, and it's arriving there on our own. And best case scenario, we learn ourselves how to pierce through that curtain the same way they did. They just modeled it for us. Here's the Buddha going, see, here's how I do it. I just kind of pierce through like this, and look what comes pouring out. And people go, oh, I could replicate that. I could do that myself. That's what he would want you to think. He wouldn't want us to be wearing, I've got this necklace with the Buddha on it. He probably wouldn't appreciate that too much. That's too Buddha-centric. That's too Buddha-focused. Like, That's what I hear when I hear that koan. Get the teachers themselves out of the way. What you're going for is piercing through and carving out that tunnel yourself, that through line that connects heaven and earth. You have to find that on your own. And there are so many different methods to getting there. It's funny that if you make it too effortful, it gets in the way like they talk in the east about the golden chain what they mean is you can get so intent on non-attachment because obviously that's a huge tenet of uh, buddhist teaching is stripping away those attachments right what what you'll notice is where you're clinging oh, I'm so inside of my wifely role. I'm so inside of the um, career role. I'm so inside of the parenthood role. I'm a little too religious right now. I'm a little too dogmatic right now. I'm spending too much time doing this and not enough time doing that. These are the attachments that we try to balance. And in Buddhism, it's kind of uh, stripping away of those forms into a state of eventual kind of formlessness. It's difficult to achieve in the world, but you can do it. And it's the aim of Buddhism to kind of become this wraith by the end of this whole process. And you're just kind of floating through life. And it doesn't mean that you become apathetic, it doesn't mean that you stop caring about things. In a funny way, you're capable of caring more about things because you've learned mindfulness. You've learned how to pour yourself into a moment. But you pour yourself into a moment, not into a role, right? We're so ready to pour ourselves into when you're a student, you're a student, you know? That's all you do and that's all you are and it consumes all of your life. Formlessness is more about maybe you do pick up a book and you're going to be a student today or for an hour, okay? And you're very present with that. And inside of that role, for whatever moments you commit to it, you're really there. You're really present. So, formlessness isn't about caring about nothing, it it isn't about apathy. It's about mindfulness, it's about being fully present and just moving with the dance of life. They call it Leela. You just, sometimes you are reading the book, sometimes you're gardening, maybe you're milking a goat as you're moving through life you pour yourself into moments but you try not to pour yourself into roles and you really try not to take on these titles because those can become so they can exert such force from the outside in and that's the opposite of buddhism you want to bloom like a lotus from the inside out it never should be like oh i'm the wife so i do this oh i'm the husband which means this no 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 you start with what's inside of you And then let that take some kind of shape, some momentary shape. That's how you move through the world. But the very, you know, if you get too intent upon formlessness, too intent on stripping away your titles and your egoic structures, then even that intention can become kind of dogmatic and it can start to pressure you. And so they talk in the East about this golden chain that the last attachment you strip away is your attachment to detachment. Does that make sense? It's the golden chain. It's You can't get too focused on the goal of non-attachment because that itself can become entangling for you. That can entangle you. That can ensnare you to be a little bit too goal-driven, even in that direction, like nothing is safe, right? In the dance of formlessness, any form can start to take on a certain heaviness and a concreteness that's going to head you up. Ram Dass tells this story, I, well, I'm sure he cribbed it from other Eastern teachers, so really I shouldn't impute the the credit to him, but at any rate, I got it from Ram Dass, so I'll, I'll repeat it to you. There was this boy who approaches his Zen master. He says, Master, I want to uh, learn non-attachment and ultimate liberation and moksha and release. How long do you think that process will take? The Zen master says, Oh, I don't know, 10 years. The boy says, Okay, but what if I work extra hard? Then how long do you think it will take? The master says, maybe 20 years. And the boy is kind of frustrated, but okay. But what if I really pour myself into this? I'm working three times as hard as anybody else and I'm really driving at non-attachment. How long will it take me to get free? And the Zen master says, oh, well, if you're really working that hard, 30 years. And you get the drift, obviously, because we're talking about the golden chain. You can even be too focused on formlessness, and that can hedge up your way. You can't be, if your eye is too riveted upon the goal itself, then you lose the leela, You lose the beautiful dance. You lose that rhythm, and you start marching toward exclusively the goal. If both of your eyes are on the goal, You've got no eyes on your surroundings, you're not being present, you're not being mindful. And that's when dogmatism slips in, which is so menacing. There's nothing more menacing in our lives than dogmatism, and not just in a religious setting, but in any setting. I believe it was George Santayana who said, fanaticism is when you redouble your effort against an aim long forgotten.
0: To wrap up, the prevailing message of every sage who's ever lived is that we all are sages. If only we lay hold on the right meditative and philosophical techniques to put us all on equal footing. No one ought to be venerated or lifted onto a pedestal because it is the birthright of everyone to overcome the world in the same way that the Christ and Krishnas and Buddhas gave away the world and achieved the bliss of enlightenment. The greatest enemy to enlightenment is dogmatism because dogmatism is all letter of the law and no spirit of the law. It's all yang and no yin, all empty outer husk and no vibrant inner substance.